The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, round one of the World Cup group stage isn't even over yet, and we've had some wild games so far. So if you're new to the sport, I guess welcome. If you're a vet, I don't know what what else you could have really asked for, minus maybe a couple of earlier Greg Berhalter subs. I've digressed. We'll get to that in a little bit, uh, potentially. Still pretty upset about that 1-1 draw with Wales. I'm Steve Cerruti. This is uh, the Ringer Gambling Show. Still the unnamed World Cup show. I'm joined, as always, by the great Paul Carr of True Media. Paul, first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving. Recording this on Wednesday, a little bit early here, so we can get this pot out for everybody. And secondly, I don't even know that the boldest of people could have predicted some of the results we saw in this in this first round. Boy, I mean, Argentina and Germany losing. Uh, I mean, those, those are the two headlines. And not just losing, but how they lost in the case of Germany and who they lost to in the case of Argentina. So, yeah, fun yeah, stuff. And the, well, I want to ask you, because that you are, like I said, I always call you, you're like the best numbers guy in soccer. And, you know, I, I, I'm interested in the, the XG, because there's a lot of really weird XG numbers coming out of these first couple of games here. For example, yeah. this is from XG Philosophy. Three of the top five XG teams lost straight up. So you got number one, France. Obviously, they just blew Australia's doors off. Spain, as well, blew Costa Rica's doors off. They're one, two. And then three, four, and five. Germany, Canada, and Argentina all, all losing outright, despite having, you know, XGs well over two, some into the mid threes. Uh, is XG, I've seen a lot of people talk about this. Like, what's your take on XG game to game? Or is that like more of a big picture thing? Uh, it's more valuable and more predictive in the big picture. For example, if a guy plays a whole season and has 10 goals, but 17 expected goals, chances are really high next season he's going to regress or progress, you know, back to normal and get, you know, 12 to 14, something like that, maybe more. Um, single game, it's it's fickle. You know, there's just a lot of variables. Uh, when you start drilling down to a specific shot, there can be a lot of little things that maybe do or don't go into an XG model that come out on the wash over the course of a season. So it's something. It's not perfect. Um, but I do think it's, in general, it's better than, or at least equal to, depending on the game, your other traditional stats you're going to look at. So, you know, it can be better mm -hmm. than shots. It can be better than shots on goal. 
definitely. Uh, it can tell the same stories as those a lot of the time, but it lets you get a little deeper. You know, Atletico Madrid will get out shot, whatever, 18 to 6, but their three three of those chances are going to be great because that's how they play and they get those chances. So the XG might be pretty even, which tells you a, lo- a better story of a game than 18 to 6 would as far as shots go. So yeah, it's a little bit fickle game to game and people get tied down in the minutia of the value of one specific shot, which is where you can get in trouble sometimes. But it's a it's a useful tool. I think it's it's another tool to have in the toolbox when you're trying to look at you know how good a game was, how good it wasn't. Um, you know, Argentina is a good example. So you know they had 15 shots, um, 2.3 expected goals. Now your average shot is worth about a tenth of an expected goal. So if they had 2.3 expected goals on 15 shots. Those shots in general were above average. They had, they had a lot of good chances uh, in that game is, is one way you can look at yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, on the other coin there, you have Canada who, I mean, yes, they had, what, 2.8, I believe, but, you know, 0. 0.75 of that comes from the missed penalty, which right. they, I still thought they played extremely well, and that was a probably undeserved result. Oh, yeah. I still feel I still feel the same mm-hmm. way I felt before about Belgium, even though they, they got the three points, and that's probably a, a win that is going to yeah. probably propel them to move on to the next round. But it'll be interesting, to, and we'll talk a little bit later. Let me set out the rundown as well, because we're going to talk a little bit later about Argentina, whether or not we're jumping off the bandwagon, Germany, if they are basically done. I mean, there's a good chance that they, unless they beat Spain, that they're going to be out of this tournament pretty fast, which is their next game coming up. Um, We're also going to do our best bets again at the end of the pod as well. But first, why don't we start here? Because I think this is what most people um, are tuning in and want to hear is some of the U.S. men's national team talk and what was what was just a tale of two halves ball. I mean, you know. I, I yeah. let's start here. What'd you make of the lineup? Because I think, you know, we come out, it's like, it's no Aronson, no geo Aronson. You could argue is the U.S.'s most informed player. Um, I think most people thought he was maybe the, I mean, obviously pool six, probably the first name in Matt Turner, some of the midfield guys, but he would be one of the first guys on the team sheet. He is not in the lineup, obviously comes in as a sub later, no geo, a little bit of like, we're really unsure of what's going on there, whether he's injured, he's not injured. We've got some mixed signals from both he and Greg. Um, Tim Weah gets to start. Who I've always been a big Tim Weah guy. I think he, I think he's like mm-hmm. one of the most unique players in the side. We don't really have a true, true winger like him who wants to stay outside. Right. Most of our wide guys do want to cut in. So I did like that. I, I didn't necessarily hate that. And of course, Josh Sargent starting. What do you make of the eleven before we get into the game itself? No real issues. And I think given the way the first half played out and the U.S. had a lot of the ball, I think there's a real case, a good case, to keep Waya in that starting lineup because he brings an element of verticality. I mean, you saw it on the goal. He just finds, makes those runs better than, I think, anybody in the field. Uh, you know, there's things that Aronson does better, too, especially defensively, but I think he brings that element. So, uh, fine with that lineup, really, for the whole first half. Um, I don't know if it'll be the same one they throw out against England because you're not going to have, you know, 66% of the ball in the first half like you did against Wales. But I think for that game, I think Wales was a, a pretty good choice to start. Yeah, and I, we'll get to what we think should be the 11 potentially against England in just a little bit. Um, but, you know, it was just a dominant first half. It was the best I think we've seen the U.S. play uh, in certainly months, maybe maybe even years for 45 minutes. I mean, they were yeah. assertive. They had a clear plan. I think Greg clearly got the 11 right. Um, probably should have scored more than one goal. Uh, the Josh Sargent yep. one comes into mind, although it wasn't going to be an easy finish, but a few other missed chances there as well. And, you know, it's one of those things where as a U.S. fan, like we're going into the halftime, we're up 1-0 and you're feeling good, but you're always in the back of your mind going, all right, when's that shoe going to drop? Like, what's going to happen? Because this is what they do. Like, they just, <laughs> they, they, they haven't really been able to put together full 90s, you know, really under, right. under, under Greg for the most part, especially in big games and games that they need to win. Um, so I don't know. I wasn't super, com- I was, 
like, listen, I, I thought we would probably score another, but I think I thought Wales were going to change their tactics right. up and they eventually did bring on Kiefer Moore, which completely changed the game in the second half. And yeah. I think yeah. the disappointing thing, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll lay it off to you here after this, is, you know, they they clearly made a tactical change, bringing the striker on, changing up their tactics a little bit, and, and right. we just didn't change for so long. And I, I this again, yeah. this goes back, this is kind of the issue that I have with Berhalter is like, I think he does some things really well. I think the players like him. I think there's some like the principles that he that he puts into this team work to some point. But then we see what happened in the second half and just the lack of change until really about like the 75th minute. So your take? Yeah, I I kind of put this more on the players here. So I mean, I think the game played out exactly how the U.S. wanted it to play out, and it, you know the first half obviously did. They dominated the game. Would have loved to have another another goal. So I think the game played out how they wanted, just with the two giant caveats that they didn't get that second goal. And in the second half, they had so many good counter opportunities mm-hmm. that it, a lot of them did, didn't even get to the point of having a shot. It was they were missing the pass before the final pass. Um, guys out in space that they weren't finding or the pass was mishit. I mean, I, I feel like it was exactly how they wanted it to be. They just didn't counter very well. And I don't know if that's unfamiliarity, if it's, you know, is it just making bad passes? I don't know, but I I feel like all those opportunities were there and they never found the ball for the second goal. Like if they, you know, if they got those same opportunities against England, they'd be pretty happy. You just have to make that last pass or the next to last pass better than it was against Wales. I think you're right. My my only only gripe would be that I thought, I thought McKenney didn't look right, especially in the early part of the second half. And yeah, you know, waiting, in, down. waiting until, what was it? I think the 66th minute to bring him on, to bring Aronson on, to take him off. And, you know, his status is somewhat up in the air, I guess, for the England game. We'll see what the 11 looks like. Um, I thought I thought he probably needed to be taken off a little bit sooner than that. I thought Sergino Dest, especially after the card, like I did, he was kind of a different player, wasn't really bringing a ton to the table. Um, I, it yeah, just once you're once you're defending, you know, yeah. Yedlin is as good or better defender than Dest is, and you don't need Dest to get forward as much. And you know, I'll forgive the individual mistakes. Obviously, Walker Zimmerman, like, why are you going studs mm. into the back mm. of a guy who's not facing goal? I know it's Gareth Bale. Crazier things have happened. The guy scored a bunch of bicycle kicks. One <laughs> famous one in the yeah. in the Champions League final. But yeah. like, you know, I'm 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 obviously it's a mistake, but the mistakes happen. Like it is what it is. Right. I just I think he just didn't see him until it was too late. You know, Bale yeah. kind of came in from the side. I think Zimmerman. You know, eyes are going this way. I mean, you you should have seen him. He got to have more awareness than that. But I just think it was by the time it was a good play by Bale, frankly, because I think he was looking for that penalty and he got it. And it was a penalty. The throwing was uh, fantastic too. That was like slow motion. As soon as he goes, I'm like, oh no, he's gonna go right over the top here. He does, right. and you know, immediately dangerous position. Boom, penalty, and here we are going great. And then we end up holding on essentially for a point. Like yep. it was so strange because. You felt so good, and then all of a sudden, it's like I'm I'm disappointed to get a to get a point, but it's, we very easily mm-hmm. could have come out with zero points as well. I, I I think the draw was probably fair. I thought it was going to be a draw. I felt good about the under two and a half goals as well going into the game. Yeah. Um, and it kind of played out, I guess, the way I tweeted. Like it, it kind of played out the way that like my head, you know, thought it was going to go, not necessarily mm-hmm. my heart. But I, I just think like it is it, it is sort of the lack of of the of the plan B. Like when you're just getting bombarded, it's a clear you can clearly see what Wales are doing. I just didn't think we had like a, a, a sort of a I don't know I, I, whether it's a sub or whether it's a change of tactics. I didn't think that Greg necessarily did that. I, I, I will say yeah. that you're right, though. The players, I mean, they're, they listen, take your chances. And this is what we talked about with XG. Like, if the chances mm-hmm. are there, you're going to get burned. And that's how you end up dropping points and losing games and getting knocked out of tournaments. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't, say, it wasn't the what, like the end results that, that hurts. It was just the how. You know, if the U.S. had come from behind and scored late, it'd be thrilled with the point. Oh, yeah, uh, for but sure. You lose it late. 
and it doesn't taste as good. And but again, a point's not the end of the world. You're just your margin for error for the rest of the tournament is almost gone. Yeah. So let's let's move on to that as well. Because again, there's still everything to play for. Really, everybody in the group, even though Iran got blasted in the first uh, matchup against England, like they're still very much in this to to move on. Like I don't think I would not put it. We'll get to the the matchup in, in a little bit, but I would not put it past them to get a result or even beat Wales. Like I don't think mm-hmm. this team is that bad yeah. or as bad as yep. they showed against England. Um, obviously a very impressive win for England. I think the the common thread, I think, is especially when I saw on Twitter and everything on Twitter is overreactionary, but it's like, great, England's awesome. The U.S. is going to get blasted 5-0 and this is going to be like a massive disappointment. They're going to go home early, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is going to be much closer. I actually think that the two goals that they gave up is going to be, is going to like, Southgate's going to be more mad about that than he's going to be happy about the six goals that they actually scored. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that we're going to see like a little bit maybe of a change in tactic. They went with four in the back, England. They usually play, you know, three or five and a little bit more conservative. I think they probably switch back to the more conservative approach against the U.S. But what are you thinking? I, I think this is going to be close. Like I still, I'm not saying we're going to get a result, but I don't think like maybe one nil, two nil. I think that's probably where it's at. Yeah, I mean, just like almost any sport, you're never as good as your last game uh, or never yeah. as bad as your last game either. And, and here's where some of the underlying numbers can help. So, I mean, so England had six goals, only had 13 shots. On average, again, you score about one out of 10 shots. So it's six goals on 13 shots, a little over two expected goals. So but I'm not saying they didn't play well. I'm just saying they finished everything. You know, everything mm-hmm. went in. It was one of those games. Uh, and then, you know, you get three in the first half and you, know, you can almost throw the whole second half out the window. Uh, so, yeah, so they're not 6-2 good. It was just like, uh, you know, they beat Panama, what, 6-1 last time out in the World Cup group stage. And, you know, that's exaggerated a little bit too, of course. So, yeah, so I don't, think this nothing's changed about how i feel about england from that game you know i still don't know that they're going to open the throttle up completely against the u.s and try to blow the doors off i do think it'll be a little more cautious because they know look they get a draw in this game they're still in pretty good shape too because they're going to be uh they're going to be first place in the group or maybe tied with Wales on points, depending on how that goes uh, but have the goal difference advantage on them so they're going to be in first place and then they'll be going to Wales with, you know, a draw will definitely get them through and even a loss could be enough if it came to that. So I I don't anticipate them going nuts, even though it would be nice for them. You get a win, you might be through and the very least you can kind of coast on in through the last game. Uh, the interesting development too that we got kind of got like a breaking news sounder during the middle of the of the Canada Belgium game too is that yeah. Harry Kane ankle scan. There seems to be something going on there, and they were you know talking about whether or not he's actually going to start, which kind of opens my yeah. I'm, I'm thinking okay, are they going to bring Callum Wilson in, who's the backup striker? Are they going to play Foden as like sort of like a false nine type situation? Right. So I mean, listen, at least Harry Kane being out, this is a team with a million weapons, and they just you know they bring you know Marcus Rashford off the bench and all these different guys like you know Jack Grealish comes off the bench. Like obviously it's like hundred million dollar players but yeah. harry kane is one of the best strikers in the world if he doesn't play that's certainly an advantage for the u.s i, I was almost thinking I, I don't maybe this is crazy you can tell me would you rather have harry kane play for the u.s only because he's a he's a true number nine and he does drop some but he's kind of a true forward and most of those other guys you know there could just be a lot of fluidity up top like they might be more predictable with kane at the nine i, I, don't, I don't know if this is a, a valid take or not but it's, it's something i'm rolling over in my head I'm, i I know what Kane is, I guess, and those other guys don't know what they are in that spot. Uh, it could be better, could be worse. I, you're right. It's probably a wild card. I, I think. I think if you're asking me, do I want Harry Kane to play or not? I think the answer is probably no. <laughs> but I. Yeah, but I. Yeah. I will. I will hear your argument. Um. My, my one thing with Harry Kane is like he. 
you said complete striker. He's also a pretty good playmaker for them. Like he drops mm-hmm. deep, but like he oh, does yeah. a lot of different oh, yeah. things. And I think he's like kind of underrated in, in when it comes to sort of like one, like not necessarily defensive work rate, but like getting back and also like kind of like working in the build up play. Whereas, you know, if it's a bunch of guys up front that don't necessarily know and you're going to, and the US right. is going to sit back and try to hit him on the counter, you know, you can sit in a low block and feel pretty good about yourself with a guy with, without a true striker in there. Um, yeah. I so, think I'd rather, if I'm the US, I'd rather take my chances without him just because. You know, England may not know what they're doing either. Uh, yeah. if they're guys in slightly different roles, but it, it is something that, that I was rattling around in my head and deciding if that was a real hot take I had or not. It's it's a it's a medium take. It's a medium take. Yeah, I will hear the take. argument. I disagree with it, but I, but I will hear the argument. I, I, I think I, I think I'm in the same boat actually. <laughs> I like that you brought it up. Though. I like that. Um, all right, what, let's do this. Uh, what, before we get into like what we think of the game and on some of our bets here. Uh, you're 11. What what changes do you make from the U.S. 11? Uh, I, I mean, I'm probably, I feel like this is more of an Aronson game than a Wea game. We talked about, you know, you're not going to, I don't know. I mean, if you're really going to press them, and the U.S. tends to like to do that early on, uh, I feel like you need Aronson in the game. If you're going to sit back a little bit more and look for that run, then it's maybe a Wea thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to try to possess the ball a little bit more, that's where you are looking to Reyna. But I guess yeah, the Reyna question that none of us really know the answer to, as you referenced, is he healthy? Is he 60 minutes healthy? 90 minutes healthy? You know, maybe you just save him for that second half sub we all thought was coming. Uh, that's, that's I don't know. But I feel like it's more of an Aronson game. Other than that, I mean, I feel like it's pretty much the same guys. I mean, you know the three in the midfield you want the same. I guess you could, your number nine could really vary. I don't I don't have a strong opinion on that. The sergeant, maybe you bring in Ferreira. That's what I was uh, going to say. This seems like a Ferreira game up. to me. Yeah. Just because yeah. of like the work rate stuff up front. It's not necessarily about the scoring of the goals. It's more about just like what he does pressing. That, yeah. I mean, sergeant could do that as well, but maybe you kind of give him a break because this is going to be a little bit more longer haul and a tougher task. Um, I... I I see. I I'm typically a I like Tim Way off the bench, just like on against tired legs guy. But I yep. look at this and I go, if you're gonna sit, you're right. If you're gonna sit back early and hit them on the counter, that's gonna be kind of your tactic, which I think probably should be. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you're down a goal already, what's the point? Bring Tim Way in doesn't necessarily help you a ton if you're trying to hit them on the counter because as soon as if England go up one 0 or two 0 right, they're, they're gonna sit the back and like he's not the guy that's gonna unlock a defense. So um, I I I kind of think I think you. We'll have to see what happens with McKenny's health. Obviously, he's questionable. He's had some yeah. some leg issues for for months now, going dating back to his his club play at Juventus. But I'd probably bring Aronson in the midfield. Like this is where like him being listed as a midfielder maybe makes some sense here. And maybe you go mm-hmm. with a Musa Adams Aronson midfield, and you maybe Geo plays out wide. Maybe it's it's uh, maybe it's it's Tim Wea again. Certainly Pulisic, and we'll see what the striker situation is. But um, I don't change the back line. Obviously, I think that's you know yeah. there's really I thought Tim Ream played well. Tim Tim Ream was great, and he's exactly mm-hmm. what we wanted in a, just like a stable guy to play next to to Walker Zimmerman. It was it ended up being Walker who made who made the mistake. But I don't make any changes in the back in the in the back there at all. I think probably up front, but I, it's just a, you're right. It completely depends on what the game plan that Greg yeah. wants to do. Uh, and and in. your boy McKinney. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think there's a like for like replacement really for McKinney. No. Aaronson, you kind of try and figure out. Um, I mean, like I like Kellen Costa, but like one, yeah. of, one of the one of the best yellow cards of all time there, <laughs> potentially no, at the great. end of that game. <laughs> yeah, taking um, out his, his club teammate. Yeah, yeah, that was and absolutely And he's so incredible. nonchalant about it. He's just like, yeah, like he's, he's your perfect CONCACAF player. Yeah, you can big, just big, big do big that with the man. best of them. All right, let's get into some of the bets here then. Um, you know, basically winning it, winning you're in for England. So that's that. Yeah. There's a lot of motivation from there. Uh, Wales, the interesting thing, them playing Iran, I really do think that that kind of is more of a toss-up game than people are giving you credit for. Mm-hmm. Um numbers wise Wales plus 105 uh the draw is plus 210 and Iran is plus 300 I I could see this being a draw well, again Iran yeah. not as bad as they played against England 
Wales, I still don't think are very good. I talked about it in the first pod. I think they could potentially finish bottom of the group here. Um, I'm a little bit worried though. Like if Wales do come out and get the win, Paul, do you are you worried at all a little bit like a like a handshake draw situation between England and Wales in that final day? That's the, that, in the back of my mind. I'm like, how are we right. going to get screwed over here? I don't think right. that'll necessarily happen, but I also don't put it out of the realm of possibility for Iran, who have everything to play for still. Like they could still get two wins very easily oh, yeah. oh, against yeah. the U.S. and against Wales and go through, even though their goal difference was going to be bad. I, I still think I, I kind of tip Iran to to sneaky stay in this thing and maybe pull out a result. I mean, at, at the prices, I think I do too. I mean, plus two ten on a draw is. Not a very good price, I don't think. I, I would rather take Iran at plus 290 if I'm going that way. This, I mean, it screams under, like just about mm-hmm. every Wales game does, but under two and a half thing is like minus 185 or so, which isn't very appealing. I'd probably rather play under one and a half at plus 175 or so if I had to do something here. Because yeah, both these teams are defensive-minded. Uh, again, I mean, Iran probably has the best striker or two in this game. Yep. Jeremy looked pretty good against England. Uh, Leverkusen guy whose name slips my mind came in late, so you're kind of hoping he can play more. Osmoon, I think, is his name, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, so you're hoping he can play more than you know, 13, 15 minutes, whatever he played. Uh, so yeah, I, I would lean Iran in this game just because I'm not convinced Wales is ever just going to kind of up and go for it um, until they get down a goal like they did in the second half against the U.S. I looked at the total. I, I, I kind of like the over, to be honest, Paul. I'm not going to play mm-hmm. it. I don't think I'm going to play either of them. I just, but I, I was like talking myself in, myself into it. It's plus 156. Yeah. Massive right. game for both teams. Like Wales knows they can come out and if they get a win, they're 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 in a really, really good position. Like they have they're they put the US behind the eight ball. It's gonna come down to goal difference. And who knows, they can get a draw against England and they're through, right? So yeah. there is incentive for them to do that. And again, as I mentioned, like Iran still has everything to play for. So I see both of these teams not playing maybe as scared as they put they did in, in right. the first game. But I don't feel strong enough about it. I'm probably gonna be it's probably gonna be it a stay away from could me. Could be one of those games where, you know, we may learn a ton in the first five minutes. Like, are they just gonna is it going to be a sit back and not screw up game? Or is it going to be a, we have to go get three points. Let's go. Yeah. Sort of game. If we could just be because, in the tactics meetings, we would have so, we would have right, so much more right. knowledge. Yeah. 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 We need to tap some rooms and get back to you on something. Yeah. So, yeah, so we could learn a lot because, I mean, this is kind of obvious because it's the case in almost every game. But if there's a goal early or even just chances early, it totally is going to change what this game may look like. Yeah. I mean, listen, if, if Iran goes up 1-0, as you mentioned, the first 10, 20 minutes, Wales, right, that, that, it, it could be an open game. Oh, yeah, Wales yep. can't lose that game. Um, nope. So I, I, you're right. I think that's why it's probably, I'm probably going to stay away from it, but it is going to be an interesting one for sure. Yeah. Do you have anything, any leans in the, uh, in obviously the big game, USA, England? I mean, the US is, uh, is plus what, 480 right now. The draw is plus 320, minus 175 for England. I, I don't feel the, I don't feel great about the U.S. going in and getting a win here. I, I think you know really. the double chance price isn't good enough for me. Uh, I don't know how I feel. I would probably lean the under. I, both teams to score to me is kind of interesting at minus one ten. If you think they can get a one one draw, because I do think the U.S. will have chances, um, especially if they go down. If, if England goes down or if England goes up one nil, I mean they're probably going to give the U.S. the ball and say, "Hey, come score at us." So there's potential right, there. Um, yeah. What do you think? I, I like under. I mean, I think it's minus one hundred four now, and it. It might be close to even money. It was minus 110, 115 earlier today. Uh, the one prop I think is kind of interesting is no goal in the first half or, you know, nil-nil at halftime, whatever. However, you have that one laid out at a plus 200. Yeah. Yeah. Plus 200 is very appealing to me for a no goal in the first half because I think both these teams will be cautious. Uh, we expect England to have the ball. I don't think the U.S. will give them a lot of space to do much in the first half. So I, kinda, yeah. I really like no goal first half at plus 200 for this one. All right. Score predict- prediction before we move on. I won't hold you to this, but what are we uh, thinking? One nil England. One nil England. Yeah, I, th- I think one nil. I think I think it's 
I think they keep it close. I really do. I don't know for how long, but I think they do keep it close. I think England is probably just too much. But the stats are on the U.S. side. They have not lost. Never lost. <laughs> yeah, they've never, never lost they to England lost at the World, in a World Cup. Two, uh, what, well, one win in the 1950s and a draw back in 2010 on that That's terrible right. Rob Green error. Shouts out to Clint Dempsey. Can we get Rob Green back in gold? <laughs> Love Rob Green. There we go. Love him on the commentary too, but uh, thank you for that gift back in the day. Uh, so we do have we do have that on our side, I guess, here. But I, I don't think the U.S. is going to be intimidated, but I also think that could, you know, no. if they come out and they're like, hey, we're going to play our game, I think that could hurt them. But I have I have one nil or two nil. I'll say two nil just because I think they go down, they try, and they probably give up a goal late. But uh, but if it two one nil or two nil, like that's fine. Like just don't let it be three four. Like don't don't get, don't get out is, of hand. Like the difference between one nil and two nil could be the difference between getting out of the group. Yeah, how everything goes. Close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, goal difference. It's, you want a one nil. You want a one goal loss, obviously. Uh, so it, it will be really interesting to see if the U.S. is down a goal in the last ten or fifteen minutes. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. And the and so the Wales-Iran game will have already happened, which could be helpful. It could, you know, I, I don't know. I think sometimes we overthink this and coaches and players don't care as much. But in something like this where so much is at stake, you should kind of pay attention to that and have it factor in a little bit to how hard you do or don't go for something late in the game. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, We'll be wishing them luck, obviously. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm just hoping yeah. that we have a realistic shot final day against against Iran. Well, listen, if it's right. a win in your in scenario, we would have taken that yeah. before the tournament well, started, and I'll take it right now for sure. You can't ask for more than we just have to win this game in which we are the better team and we are the favorite. Right. Like That's all you could really ask for at a World Cup. Uh, when you're a U.S. type of team, that's the second to third best team in the group on average. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, let's run through a couple of the other groups here uh, as well. The Net- this is Group A. The Netherlands obviously getting that 2-0 win over Senegal, which probably was undeserved. Ecuador, nice little 2-0 win over Qatar, who... I think Qatar settled down a little bit in the second half. Um, yeah. I It's interesting. Like Senegal, we talked about the Ewing theory thing with them. I actually do kind of like the... I kind of love the... Defensively, they're still going to be fine. They still have a good... Yep. Obviously, the goalkeeper's good. Benny was a little bit shaky in that game, but I think he's fine. Koulibaly. I, I kind of like the under in that Qatar-Senegal game. I don't have a... I think Qatar could win it. I think Senegal probably wins it, but if they do win, it's probably 1-0 or 2-0. I think yeah. that game's close. I like the under 2.5. You're not getting a ton. It's minus 165. But I think they're still stout. And I and, and again, they have all to play for right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I came away from those first two games in Group A more impressed with Senegal than Ecuador. To be honest, like Ecuador didn't do anything after those couple of goals. Admittedly, they didn't have to, and Qatar didn't really give them any reason to. But uh, I wasn't super impressed with Ecuador, Ecuador beyond that. So yeah, I wouldn't see Senegal blowing up offensively either. So yeah, I like the under in that game and I would lean Netherlands win like minus 125, I think it's a decent price. Uh, Ecuador, not as good as a 2-0 win would suggest, I think. 
yeah, that's essentially a win in your in scenario as well for both of those teams. Could um, be a could also be a like Netherlands win under two and a half parlay, which would probably get you like plus two seventy, yeah, or something like that. Because Ecuador's defense is good; they're not going to give up a lot of goals. And I'm not convinced they have the attack when they won't have the ball nearly as much to do something. So that could be a good option. Yeah. All right. Group C. This is uh, maybe the most interesting result, maybe in the history of the tournament, um, of any uh, tournament, it, really. It, it, yeah. It, I mean, it's in the top five, probably, World Cup upsets we've ever seen. And yeah, most of those others occurred before. You know, we don't have betting odds on the US beating England in 1950 or uh, really Cameroon beating Argentina in 1990 or anything like that. So yeah, it's one of the bigger upsets with Saudi Arabia, like plus 2,500 in some places to win that game. And it stung us because in our best bets, we both had our, we both had Argentina. I had, that, I had what, uh, Argentina minus one and then both teams to score no. So essentially Argentina to win one or two nil, three nil, whatever. was looking good at the half, a uh, million offsides calls. And then all of a sudden, right, you know, great. things change on the, on, you know, in the, in the, in like a split second. And all of a sudden they're down two one. And then this is where the Argentina thing, like I was thinking about this ball. Like, did we, Argentina, this, this is kind of what Argentina does. Like, you, you kind of can't trust them in some of these tournaments. I know they won the Copa America. They maybe Messi gets, like, kind of the the monkey off of his back. Um, but this, I don't know, this kind of, like, gave me old Argentina vibes. So I'm like, this. oh, that's right. Yeah. That's why I don't trust this team. A little bit, yeah. They weren't yelling at each other like some of those older teams were. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they seem like the ultimate front-runner team almost in some ways. You know, you get a goal and you just kind of keep rolling. But I, I, I tend to think this is just Saudi Arabia executed defensively. Argentina didn't convert their shots. They had the opportunities. I think tends to think this is just soccer. You know, it kind of happens. They got sometimes. soccer. Yep. <laughs> so I'm still I'm still in the Argentina camp. Their road is just much harder. You know, if they finish group runner up, they might get France in the round of sixteen again. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, um, not great. Well, the, the Argentina. That's what I was going to ask you next. Argentina to still win the group is plus one sixty. Saudi Arabia. Plus two fifty, which is hysterical, and maybe some value in Mexico or Poland at both uh, both at uh, plus three fifty. I don't know. I mean, I still think Argentina gets through the group. You're right. If they finish yeah. runner up, we'll see what happens. I'm not really ready. You sound like you're kind of like optimistic about Saudi Arabia. I'm I'm really not. Like I think Poland money line minus one forty. Like I again, there was it was two shots. The XG was. 0.14. Yes, they executed a good game plan, but I also thought that mm-hmm. a lot of that to do was with Argentina just kind of massive choke right. job, and the moment right. kind of got there, and they were terrified, and they didn't know what to do, which is which has been the criticism of, Me- of Messi. What can Saudi Arabia do when they have to do something uh, like they might against Poland? I'm still kind of, I'm only optimistic about Saudi Arabia. It's really because I'm pessimistic about Poland. I mean, Poland generated nothing against Mexico outside of the penalty, which was yeah, kind of dicey. Uh, Mexico didn't do a whole lot either, for that matter. Yep. So, you know, I mean, Saudi Arabia is in a spot where if they draw one of those games and don't lose the other one badly, they might get through because I think Argentina is going to bounce back and take care of business both times. So, yeah, I just, I don't trust Poland. I don't trust Mexico all that much, maybe a little more on the Mexico side, but it, it still looks like they're figuring things out, whether it's, you know, who's playing up top, or whatever it might be. Uh, so yeah, I think Argentina probably still wins a couple and gets through, but obviously their margin of error is pretty much gone. So you have, a, do you have a bet in the Argentina-Mexico game? Uh, I mean, I would lean toward Argentina. I don't feel great about it, given the price, pulling it back up. You know, they're minus 180 to win, which doesn't, seem all that appealing to me. Maybe you're looking at a win to nil type of thing, which mm-hmm. could get you back to a decent price. That'd probably be the direction that I would look. Interesting. I was kind of going the opposite way. Like I, Argentina, you know, both teams to score. I still, I'm still a little bit worried about that defense. You know, not mm-hmm. that those two shots obviously were like a little bit fluky. Like the second one was yeah. a fantastic strike. I mean, it is what it is. 
Um, the first one was just placed perfectly and it was kind of like a calamity at the back. And that's sometimes what Argentina happens. I, I think I kind of like the over two and a half here at plus 118. I even think both, both yeah, teams to score yeah. at plus 120 isn't terrible. I know Mexico has their issues with striker. Jimenez is not the same, but they were a little bit dangerous against Poland. And yep. just because I think that could be a nervy game. And again, Mexico has everything to play for. They're going to go at Argentina. Um, I can see that game being a little wide open. I, I kind of like getting plus money there for the over two and a half. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty good. It's a better price than I would have expected. I would have thought right around even money. But if you can get plus 118, plus 120-ish, that sounds pretty good over two and a half to me too. You're not worried about the letdown spot at all for Saudi Arabia, by the way? Like the biggest win in the history of the country I mean, and all of a sudden, like it's just it just feels like NCAA tournament or like that first win and then all of a sudden right. they play a big boy and they just get right, absolutely blasted. The 14 blasted. seed beats the three <laughs> in the first round and gets torched by the six or whatever yep. it is. Yeah, one of those. I mean, it could be. I just, again... Poland has been underwhelming for, at, for so many major tournaments the last three that I don't give Poland any credit until yeah. they actually do something. And they didn't do anything against Mexico except Lewandowski for a too. penalty. Lewandowski, like he yeah. has, he, I mean, right. you know, I hate the like, oh, like he doesn't show up, like this guy's a fraud, which is, you know, kind of what's all over yeah, Twitter these days. Yeah. But he he hasn't he hasn't been that great for, for Poland. And obviously missing that penalty right. was massive. And I really thought Zelensky might do more. You know, he's been so good for Napoli this year that I thought he might bring that uh, added element they need up top. Didn't see a lot of it against Mexico. Yeah. All right. Group D. Paul, are we, should we be terrified about France again? I mean, yes, maybe. I mean, this is this is this is the good France. Uh, the question is, how much of this is because Australia is just not that good? Uh, so I'm not putting too much into it yet, just because. I, I mean, I had Australia one of the three or four worst teams of the tournament, um, mm-hmm. and I my opinion really hasn't changed on that. So I, I'm not. Totally buying into France. I'm not ready to make him the favorite. I think they're the second betting favorite now, though, uh, with Argentina stumbling a little bit. They are, yep. uh, yeah, not yet. Let's, I do want to see how they play against Denmark. And this game's probably a stay away for me just because, I mean, it could go any which way. Maybe good France is still here and they come out and put a whooping on them. Maybe Denmark that, that beat France twice in Nations League shows up and handles them well. So I'm probably staying away from this game just because I feel like like no outcome here would shock me with that one. I've seen, it seems like there's a lot of people on, on Denmark. Um, and it's one of those things, Denmark and the under, which two of those two, two ones where you're just going to sweat it out. It's going to be a miserable watch yeah. for you. If you have either of those, yeah. you might win, but it, like, are you going to actually have any fun doing it? Like it's going to be nope. so miserable the entire time, but there are stats that do back that up because Denmark undefeated in their last three against France, um, with two wins and a draw, they're not going to be scared despite what we saw against Australia. Five of the last seven games, by the way, between these two have gone under two and a half. So this might be one of those, I mean, this might be one of those like one, one draws. I, I could yeah. see, you know, the, the issue with Denmark is like, all right, all right, how do they score? We kind of saw it against Tunisia, who again, I mentioned the first bite is yeah. not a bad team. And I actually like Tunisia money line plus 110 against uh, Australia because I'm with you. I think Australia is just a bad team and I don't know yeah. how they scored. <laughs> they scored. I mean, some of these goals end up being incredibly fluky. And that's why both teams to score is such a, it's kind of like a crapshoot a lot of the time. Um, but I, I do think that there, if I probably won't take it, but I could see the reasoning for being on Denmark, you know, plus a mm-hmm. half a goal or oh, being yeah. on the under uh, two and a half goals. Yeah, no, I think that totally makes sense. The question for Denmark is, yeah, can they score? Who's playing forward? You know, I think they had like their five forwards have combined for like four league goals this season in Europe, which is not good when you've played, you know, 10 to 15 games each. Uh, I just don't know if they have it. But yeah, if you can get, I mean, they're getting like plus 360 on them to win. Plus 250 on a draw isn't bad either. Uh, I think if you're playing something, Denmark is the play just because the price is so good because I think everyone's overreacting a little bit to good France that we saw show up in the first game. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, moving on to Group E, which uh, just a, an explosive group, which probably the, probably the best group Ooh. I guess that we got in the uh, in the opening round of, the, of games here. Spain with a seven nil win against Costa Rica, which Jeez. I think we both had said was the worst team in the tournament. I mean, yep. you know, again, I, no disrespect to the Ticos, like they've yeah. they've done some good things. Twenty fourteen was great, but it's like the same guys as twenty fourteen, which right. is the problem. The problem. Um, Spain, I was very high in Spain coming in the tournament, but as you said at the start of the pod, like you're as never as great as as your as your highest highs, and you're ever as bad as your lowest lows. Um, this was kind of a perfect storm event. I still like Spain long term, but I'm not sitting here saying, hey, now I think that they're like the juggernaut they're the team to beat. I think they're going to be in it at the end. The only problem is, I mean, they felt they faced zero adversity. I mean, the right. Costa Rica Literally didn't no pressure shots. the ball. They didn't do anything, anything at all. And like, that's the thing is like when you Spain's one of those teams, like you punch Spain in the mouth and they are a different team. You take the ball away from Spain, make them defend. They're a different team. So Germany, for me here in this matchup here in, in, in the second uh, in the second part of the group here. I, I, is it crazy to like Germany here? I know like both of these, like Germany is not going to be fair. They could boss them in the midfield. They have, you know, Spain, we, people talking about whether or not they have the best midfield in the world. I think we say that about like three or four or five teams. We say that like, I, I feel like I heard that like in not in five of the different games commentary from some of the analysts. <laughs> There's a lot of good midfields. Um, but Germany has one, and I feel it uh-huh. can go toe-to-toe with Spain. As a Spain guy, I do like Spain. I like them to go far in the tournament. I'm not counting out Germany here, Paul. No, and, and you shouldn't. I mean, this Germany team obviously lost to Japan, but that first half looked really good. And then they didn't figure out what to do when Japan went five at the back. And that obviously cost them the game. But yeah, Germany's got as good a... They probably have, maybe except for France, they probably have the best midfield if you're going like 10 deep because mm-hmm. they can just roll in all the guys. They don't really have a... Tr- great true number nine but they've got you know half a dozen midfielders that can kind of rotate through that spot so yeah they can they will pressure spain in ways that spain obviously didn't see against costa rica uh this is going to be this i'm excited about this game this is one of my favorite on paper before the tournament and now you have the added urgency of germany needing to not lose at least you know you get a draw here and then you got costa rica waiting you're probably in decent shape but you also don't know I don't know, Paul. I don't know. As I talk myself, as I say that, yeah, we're going to assume Japan beats Costa Rica. Japan's going to be on six. Uh, So if Japan's on six, Spain's on four. If Germany only gets one, then uh, Japan and Spain can kick the ball around and Germany's out. Or, yeah, it comes down to how badly do you beat Costa Rica, which, you know, Germany could obviously do uh, very well. But, yeah. That's that'll be a really interesting thing to see what they do because uh, again the Japan Costa Rica game is first, so yeah if Japan goes out and beats Costa Rica like four nil, then if you're Germany, you, you gotta almost go. have you gotta go for this <laughs> yeah yeah like a draw, uh, yeah draw you're not in great shape. I guess the flip side is you play for the draw you get the draw and then you just know you have to beat Costa Rica by five or something which also isn't the worst thing so that's why i said i i think you wait if you want to play this like i like the over i like the over two and a half i even like the over three and a half but i think you wait and see what happens in the japan game before you and you got like the hour i think break in between the two i want to see let me just check the times here really quickly i think think there's another game in between yeah you're right you You got got a couple couple. hours so you don't have to wake up early that game's at two in the afternoon eastern time wake up see the score and go okay if japan did win and won big you know germany's gonna have to just go all out and that means there's probably going to be goals on both sides. So I kind of like the over two and a half, and I like the over three. Mm-hmm. Over three and a half is plus uh, 175, Paul. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we talked about how this is not tiki-taka Spain of we're going to putz around once we get a one-goal lead and you're never going to see the ball. Uh, they will come at you, and that opens up opportunities for both teams because Spain will push guys forward. Uh, the defense is fine, but it's not 
you know, spectacular. And that'll open up things for Germany. And Germany's really in the same boat. Great attacking players, defense a little bit suspect. So yeah, I think goals is going to be the way to play this one way or the other. Does Germany get through? I'll give you the numbers. Spain to win the group. This is just to get through. I'm sorry. Uh, Spain minus 380. Japan plus 400. Germany plus uh, 1900. And obviously Costa Rica to win the group. Plus right. a billion. Okay. Um, do you... What, what I mean, are you still holding out hope for Germany here? I think it's dire. I mean, they're plus 175 just to advance. And yeah, I mean, I haven't torn up my Germany to win ticket, but you know, I've set it aside. It's <laughs> it's ready to get put in flames <laughs> yeah. soon. Yeah. Because again, Japan is going to roll Costa Rica because I think this is a good Japan team. Uh, I like Japan to win to nil in that game. You can get plus money on that uh, because. How's Costa Rica going to score? Japan is yeah, a legit good team. They are strong defensively. They will cock-a-calf you up. And, you know, it's a physical team. This is not a dainty pass-it-around Japan team like some of the Asian teams in the past mm-hmm. sometimes tended to be. This is a, a physical team that will have no problem with whatever Costa Rica tries to throw at them. So, all that to say, uh, I think, yeah, I think Germany's in a ton of trouble because if they don't beat Spain, they're probably out. And I'm not sure they can beat Spain. Back-to-back. Uh, first group stage losses in World Cups for Germany. It's, and that's uh, one of my favorite World Cup stats is that Germany made the quarterfinals or more in 16 straight World Cups from 1954 through 2014. Machine, and, yeah. And now they're on the verge of missing two in a row, which is nuts. Hey, you could be Italy and just not make the World Cup two times. That's a good <laughs> yeah, time. Everybody's it, doing great. Not, we're not <laughs> into that streak. We're just not Everybody's that. doing great. Uh, all right, Group F. This is the last one we're going to get to. We're not going to do G&H just because we're recording this on Wednesday. We haven't seen the games yet, so it's we, we want to get this out before Thanksgiving. So, you know, we'll, we'll certainly have more content on them Monday when we do our our uh, another our next pod, I guess, when we're talking about the final games of the group stage. But Group F here, another really interesting situation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Croatia and Morocco get the draw. I sneaky like Morocco. I actually kind of had a flyer because you know me. I, I was fading Belgium. Obviously, Belgium won, so they're top of the group now. But I actually had Morocco going through. Um, not money, but just in like a bracket per se. Because I think this mm-hmm. Morocco team is fun. I think they, they're they pretty mm-hmm. solid defensively and they've got some guys to potentially score some goals. Sakim Ziyech being one of them. Um, they get the draw with Croatia. And now uh, we get a candidate team who looks super dangerous but didn't score and probably has to go out now and and, and beat uh, a really tough Croatia team, which Croatia coming off of, a, of a, a draw, I just don't know how confident I feel in them not winning this game again. Where are you at, Paul? Yeah, I like the Morocco uh, side as well against Belgium, probably thinking more on the draw front, the plus 240 or so uh, t- for a draw in that game. But if you want to sprinkle on Morocco to win at plus 310 or so, I don't mind that either. Uh, Morocco's just got the the guys, Hakimi, um, Mizrawi, to attack on the wings. You know, they Their forwards probably aren't as good as Canada's up top, but they've got enough guys to to give Belgium trouble. And yeah, again, fading Belgium. Belgium did almost nothing today. They were very fortunate to get a point uh, or to get a win rather against Canada. So I would lean Morocco in that one. Uh, Croatia, Canada feels like an under to me. I mean, under two and a half is minus 140, which is a little uh, juicier than I'd like to pay. But you know, Croatia is probably going to be content to grind out another a 1-0, 2-0 type of win. Uh, their defense is better than Belgium's. Their midfield uh, is better in some ways than Belgium's. They don't have a De Bruyne, obviously, but they got plenty of other uh, guys who just kind of put together a cohesive midfield a little bit better. So I would lean under in the Croatia Canada game, and I would lean Morocco in the Belgium Morocco game. Yeah, unfortunately, my Belgium to finish bottom and Belgium to not advance. Yeah. That one, that one's uh, still alive potentially, but they definitely took a big hit today. Yeah, I, I lost like I had like five bets that kind of went up in flames today. Not just the game, but you know, I had Croatia to win the group, Belgium not to advance, 
Canada to advance. None of them are done yet, but they're all a lot dicier than they were 24 hours ago. Luckily, we didn't have to sweat out the uh, the can- the uh, Spain. We had what, what minus one and a half, minus two and a yeah, half goals. I, I think each. Yeah, we like two and a half. It was at halftime. It was over. <laughs> we were good to go on that one. Uh, I kind of like the the last thing in this group. I kind of like the Belgium Morocco under two and a half is minus one twenty four. Mm-hmm. I just think I think Belgium's going to play this conservative style. Especially mm-hmm. with Lukaku out, yeah, Batshuayi scored. I still don't think he's that great. And they were just—they just—it was just a weird game from them all around. It was. And I think Morocco is a sound team defensively. I think that's going to be a tight one. I don't think you're going to be a ton of goals. The minus uh, minus one twenty four for under two and a half. I'll probably play that. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, the Belgium, Belgium just looked out of sorts. I mean, even De Bruyne was you know, spraying all kinds of passes that we're used to seeing him complete for club or country. And yeah, you know, I don't know if that's teammates, if it's Aaron Rodgers thing, where he thinks his teammates are going to the wrong spot. If it's just Belgium not having the cohesion that you're looking for. But it was very weird to see all these uh, players, mostly De Bruyne, that you're used to seeing playing so well, playing so not against Canada. You want to know Belgium's path to prove me wrong? It's essentially what Real Madrid in the Champions League. Ride, ride <laughs> Thibaut Courtois. Like, just that dude is an absolute <laughs> monster, and especially in knockout tournaments. Like, he made yep. some great saves. Obviously, he the penalty. He he's you know I I I don't know that he's the best, like I, I people always throw out best goalkeeper in the world like you know it depends what style you're playing like Allison right. I think is probably the most talented with his feet and all that stuff but if you're talking about pure shot, shot stopper stoppers. like intimidating guy in goal it used to be Neuer maybe like four or five years ago it's court I mean Courtois is just a monster in goal so I guess yep. you know maybe he could ride them to one nil victories all the way to the final I don't know but I still I'm still I'm still fading Belgium if I'm being honest I agree no I'm the same boat. All right, let's do futures before we get into our best bets. I'm just going to read these off just because I want everybody to know like how what, what what things have kind of changed. Argentina goes from plus 550. Now they're plus 850. I don't know if there's any mm. sort of value we see in that. The two yeah. big winners, it seemed like. Well, one was England. They move up. Um, France, same odds, but they're now number two behind Brazil, who's plus 280, whose odds definitely significantly improved as well. Spain's, uh, Spain got a little, bit, uh, a little bit of a bump as well. Germany all the way down to plus 2400 to win it. Sheesh. Belgium's at plus 1700. Uh, are you are any any movement for you in the in the futures market to win it? Not really. I mean, France had the if anything, any big team had my opinion change. It might have been France, but yeah, you're dropping down to that. And like I said, they could get Argentina in the round of sixteen, and then you got you know kind of a toss up sort of game right off the bat before you even worry about who you got down the road. So or who yeah, knows? Denmark really gets a here. result, and all of a sudden, like now both of these maybe. guys, both of them finish second in their group. You never know. Like we had them potentially both finish right. first. Now they maybe finish second. You never yeah, know. This is why we always eyeing out the bracket is a little bit overrated. Look, I do it, so I'm guilty also. But yeah. We plan it all out, and then these weird things happen, and you know, Argentina doesn't win the group or does win the group, and things get weird. So, yeah, the bracket, bracketing things out is always a little bit overrated in these tournaments. Well, that's what's funny is, so I had Argentina over Spain in my final, and I had Argentina winning the group, Spain finishing runner-up. They, right. they might they might very well flip that and be on the opposite sides of the bracket and can still meet in the final, yeah. which you could, I you could be right in the back. I would have never way. predicted it. Yeah, I would have never yeah. predicted that at all. Um, yeah, so I, I, again, I, Argentina, I just think, you know, plus 850, if you still love them, I don't maybe I don't know maybe there's sure. some value there yeah. but I I'm again I'm not I'm not changing anything from there. Um right. all right let's get to our best bets here to close this thing out. Uh, I went 2 and 1 last week Paul you went 1 and 2 bad beat but you did hit on a plus 240 bet so you're basically you're fine. Like you're you're yeah. you're you're definitely back to even money. Um but that Canada loss was tough. I had the US win and the under two and a half. I had Spain the one that we both lost was uh obviously the Argentina game which you know if you predicted that then congrats to you you're probably buying a yacht somewhere. Um I'll start with you. We'll give our top three. What's your what's your number one best bet for uh, group stage uh, round two? My number one is Japan winning to nil, which is plus 110. The price, again, 
I mean, we saw Costa Rica struggle. Uh, Japan is, as we've constantly talked about, a solid team. I'm not saying we expect them to beat Germany, but we expect them to be you know, a notch or two better than Costa Rica. So Japan finds a goal or two, three. Costa Rica does not. I like Japan win to nail getting plus money on that. Plus 110, my price. That's a great call. I, I will probably tell you on that one because um, that makes a ton of sense. That Japan team, they're just like well-disciplined. They're, they're a yeah, joy they're to watch. All those guys, like there were no cards in that match at all, which is like, it's just like that... That's how Japan like they're just it's just like a solid team. They just play. Surprise really high. me. The, the no car actually had a, a a little bet on over two and a half cards for Japan, uh, just because again I think they're a physical team that you know, doesn't strike people as a as a physical team, and you know they got away with some stuff, and they probably weren't quite as uh, physical with Germany as I kind of expected. But but yeah, yeah, they're they're a good team in a lot of ways. They don't have that uh, you know a Honda or Kagawa or someone like that that they've had in the past, but. They're a, a solid team with you know guys playing in the Bundesliga and all over the place. Uh, names that are kind of familiar and they come together and they play well. Uh, my number one bet. I'm gonna go. I really like Qatar Senegal under two and a half. I just I think that's gonna be a grinded out game. It's my it's only minus one fifty four. Um, you know you can get spicy and maybe go minus one and a half and see if it's a one nil victory. I could see Senegal just grinding that one nil and that could be it. And they're still kind of alive. Uh, I don't see either of these teams being barn burners. I wasn't super impressed with Senegal going forward against a Dutch team that is good, but definitely had some deficiencies. So give me Qatar, Senegal under two and a half goals. Yeah. Um, my second one, I'm going to go to the U.S. game. I'm going to go under two and a half, getting minus 104. I think it might creep up to even money by the time we get there. Uh, again, neither one super great offensively. I think they're both going to be a little bit conservative. And I don't, even if, if England gets up a goal, how much is the U.S. going to go for it? That'll be a big question. Uh, if the U.S. gets up a goal, you know they're going to tighten up and try to limit the damage. So, yeah, mm-hmm. under two and a half, getting close to even money is my number two. And that means if it's under two and a half, then it's likely the U.S. It's a good result for the U.S. either way. Yeah. Um. So we'll hope for that. Uh, my next one is going to be, I love, I was talked about earlier, Mexico, Argentina, over two and a half. I think, I think Argentina could score three on their own, and I think it could be a 2-1. I think Mexico could score. That's plus 118. So I think, again, Mar- Argentina's going to come out with a point to prove. And I think in their aggressiveness, they might be a little bit, you know, sketchy at the back because I don't really trust their center backs necessarily, um, as we saw against Saudi Arabia. So give me the over two and a half goals in Mexico, Argentina. All right, Paul, finish this up. What's your last one? All right, I'm going to Morocco. I'm going to I'm going to play the draw in Belgium Morocco actually at plus two forty. Uh, it's I think it's going to look a lot like the Canada Belgium game did. You know Belgium probably have maybe a, a few better chances in this one, but I think Morocco can be right there. And if Belgium just doesn't get the bounces, then this could easily end up being a draw. Uh, probably a low scoring one, but I like the draw plus two forty. Wouldn't go a whole lot lower than that, but I like it right now. Yeah, that's definitely a great call. This Moroccan team, I really like. If I haven't, if, if you can't tell it with my voice talking about them, I, I just they're a joy to watch. Um, my last one, I'm I'm torn between two. Paul, I, I I like they're both money line bets. It's Tunisia and and Poland. I both like mm-hmm. them to win. Tunisia against an Australia team that we talked about is terrible. That's plus one ten. Let's go with that one because it's plus money. I think Tunisia is solid. Uh, they don't give up goals. Yeah, scoring might be difficult, but I think that's one where they can kind of grind it out. And Australia just isn't threatening. They're just they're again that that the reason that they qualify in. It's always funny to me. I was talking with my buddies about this, Paul. Like how it seems like every year, you know, obviously Australia gets in from the what is it, the Oceania? No, they're in Asia, right? Are they in Asia? But it's right, always it's always New Asia. Zealand. But the other one's always New Zealand playing some yep. like random Concacaf country. Right. And like news, it's just it, like we probably could do with more African teams and more European teams if we want to have a better yeah. field. But here we are. Australia's in. I think Tunisia is a solid team, so I'll take them to win. Even though I do still like Poland the money line, but it's only minus one forty against Saudi Arabia. I think that's let down territory for them. 
um, after a massive win against Australia. So give me Tunisia money line plus 110 against Australia. Yeah, so stay tuned for 2026 when we're going to have 48 teams and who knows how many from every continent. Yeah, we'll have, this will be, be like a two-hour pod, which I don't uh, know. It's <laughs> we'll going to be a d- disaster of a group stage if they stick with this three teams in a group thing and... Yeah, hey, anyway, at I'm, least I'm Italy can. Bitter. If Italy can't make that World Cup, then then like maybe they should just be relegated into a different planet. Who yeah, knows? maybe it's all a big Italian conspiracy, just so they can finally make a World Cup again or something. <laughs> That's what it is. All right. Well, we will be back. That that does it for us today. Uh, we'll be back on Monday after the round two group stage finishes up, um, and right before the U.S.'s final group stage match, which should be hopefully a massive match against Iran. Um, Paul, we miss anything? Did we, anything before we bounce? No, I'm, I'm excited to see how excited we will be after the second U.S. game. You know, I mean, it could be a, a eulogy of sorts. It could be a, we're waving the flag and super excited. There's the range of emotions that you have after 90 minutes of a game. Uh, are, this is why the World Cup is great. I mean, I was practically in the fetal position under my desk watching the game. And oh, yeah. This is kind of what makes it fun in a heart-wrenching sort of way. I saw a couple people talking about like, you know, they're, they're new to watching the sport or whatever. And they're like, that was like, that was the most nerve wracking thing I've ever watched. Like, how does anybody enjoy that? And I was thinking like, I could probably count on my my one hand, the amount of soccer games I've actually enjoyed watching with teams that I like root for, you know, the U S games or Roma or certainly Everton. They're just a constant disappointment. Like there is no (laughs) happiness here. If you're new to soccer, like typically, unless you root for like Manchester city, although listen, there's a champions league disappointment year after year, or you're like a Liverpool fan or whatever. Like if you're typically it's, it's a tough sport man like especially in these world cup tournaments like it's a grinded out thing and it's always hard and, and you're never safe and, you know no it, it, it's the same way if you're betting it you know you're almost always one goal away from utter disaster or heartbreak or losing your bet or whatever it is and you're rarely safe unless you bet you know spain to cover a couple of goals today yeah, but, yeah you're God. just so rarely <laughs> safe that you have to, you're going to be in agony for 90 minutes or two hours uh whether you like it or not but some yeah. reason we keep coming back for more it makes it fun yeah, Spain made our our afternoon a little bit easier. So shout out to Luis Enrique and the Spanish squad for uh, for the seven nil thumping of Costa Rica. All right, that'll do it for us. I want to thank Paul Carr as always. Also want to thank Mike Wargon for producing this podcast. We will be back, as I said, next Monday, right before USA Iran. Hopefully, a win and we're in scenario for the U.S. Uh, so fingers crossed. Good luck to everybody's bets over the weekend and uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Talk to you next week. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.